Welcome back then, Tim Davies, Fast Ship Performance, and I'm back in my attack shack where I'm dropping some truth bombs then on your personal battlefields, helping you to success in the wars that you are fighting on your own personal self-development. Right, that's what Fast Ship Performance is about, isn't it? It's helping you get forward and get on in a very honest and transparent way. I have a list of things to talk about today, written on literally the back of an envelope, so we're going to talk about that. What are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about women in the cockpit. Yes. Very divisive, because what you have here is a white, middle-aged man talking about women. So what I would suggest is you just flame up the comments right now. Yeah, okay, so it's, that's just how it is, unfortunately. And I've done this before, and it just seems like you can't offer any advice if you're not the same sex or, or ethnic background as the person you're offering advice to. And I just disagree with that, because I have taught a lot of women in military aviation over the last... Um, well, I was flying for 20 years... And over the last decade and a bit, I think, uh, I had a lot of women come through the flying schools I was on. And I flew with women as well. Um, women pilots and women weapon systems officers. Um, I'm married to a woman. I have a family full of women. So, you know, it, all I'm saying is I think I can speak intelligently about women in these flying roles. Now, people disagree. And this is fine. I like this. And it all came about really because of a piece of social media I put up because I do try and encourage women because they write to me. Young ladies write to me a lot on email, tim at fastshipperformance.com and they say, this is me, this is what I want to do, can I do it? And uh, they're looking for anyone to tell them that they can, just anyone at all to say, you can do it. And it just seems to be that there's not many people out there encouraging these younger women. Now, uh, and this is where, again, you're going to flame the comments and by all means do that, okay, because the discussion is important, but I don't believe it's men not helping women into a cockpit. I believe it's women not helping women into a cockpit. I have this issue with women not helping women in certain areas of the life. Um, I see it. Uh, and I, I'm just saying that in aviation, whether it's because it's competitive, I don't believe that's the case, by the way, when it comes down to women, but it just seems to be some disconnect with women pushing women into the cockpit. And I'm not too sure why, but we're going to try and discover it on this podcast today. Right, and we're going to start then with a report from, uh, I will say a friend of mine, actually, Air Chief Marshal Mike Wigston. Uh, he's now the Chief of Air Staff, so the most senior officer in Her Majesty's Royal Air Force. Um, before that, though, he was, uh, this was last year, he had, he, someone commissioned a report, I think the Minister of Defence uh, commissioned a report, and it said, can you write, please, about inappropriate behaviours in the armed forces, in the British armed forces? Now, we'll talk about the report a little bit. It's the best way of doing this. Yeah, we'll talk about the report. Um, before we talk about the report, I'll show you the social media I put out that caused a bit of, uh, a bit of pushback. And then uh, we'll talk about... Um, some lines in that report that I find interesting, really, and some stuff that came out in the papers about the report and the way journalists yeah, make stuff up. And then we'll talk about an email that was sent to me by actually it's the wife of a friend of mine who is flying, um, and I know her. Uh, not well, but I know her. And I'll, I wrote back to her as well. And it's quite a common email I get, actually, to be honest with you. So that's quite a good read. Uh, I'll talk about a bit about white privilege. I'll talk about my background and the background of some of my friends as well. And we'll discuss, really, the problems... Um, that I don't see, obviously, because I'm a man, but um, the problems that these young women tell me they're going through and why they may, uh, why they are discouraged by going into military aviation or aviation in general. Let's all settle down, shall we? It's a, it's a conversation. And here's the thing as well. This is why I hate the hate speech laws. I really hate hate speech laws in the UK. I think we should be able to say whatever we want as long as it doesn't encourage violence um, because I do believe that we, and I had this conversation with my sister uh, over last last weekend, not about women, but it was about 
um, socialism in effect. She's she's very much in a Labour supporter and Corbyn. And I'm not saying that I'm not, but I'm uh, I suppose I'm quite tolerant of those particular viewpoints. But we were discussing hierarchies and things like this. She didn't believe in hierarchies. She believed in a very level commune existence and, and we had this conversation and and the whole thing about the conversation is i was saying to her let's let's not name call because sometimes that does happen when people get angry uh, let's not name call because when you name call you shut off that conversation and it doesn't go any further you're not listening anymore so what i'm saying is that we can we think by how we talk to each other and the words that come out we listen we respond to and that that increases our thinking and really helps us become better in, in what we're actually doing so um, this is why these conversations are important. They're uncomfortable a lot of the time for me because I get a lot of emails. I get a lot of uh, a lot of good emails, but I get some really nasty ones sometimes. And the nasty ones tend to be coming from people who you wouldn't expect them to come from. That's fine, isn't it? Because we can deal with that. They're just words. They're just words. Uh, but this is what I mean. So by all means, be respectful of the comments, please, guys. I don't really monitor the comments too much. I do read them, but I don't really um, answer that kind of stuff because quite a lot of them sometimes. But we will talk and have that conversation. I think it's important. And what Mike Wigson was doing in his report was looking into inappropriate behaviours within the armed forces. Um, and it defines that. So we'll talk about the social first. Then we'll talk about this uh, report a little bit. And then we'll go into women in the cockpit. Okay, makes sense? You know it does. And I'm going to throw all these things in there. So what you'll see now is the first piece of social coming up on your screen. This was, um, it's end of September now as I deliver this. So it's actually August uh, when this went out, August 15th, and it was on Facebook. So it's on my Fast Tip Performance page. If you're interested, jump across to there, guys. There's some good conversations that happen on that. Um, some good conversations at the moment are happening on that, to be honest with you. Real fluent narratives. I really like that. And what happened was there was a, a woman, can't remember her name. I haven't really looked up the story, to be honest with you. But um uh, not recently, but uh, she is the first woman to fly F-35, uh, an American woman, United States Marine Corps um, officer. And so I wrote about that on my page because what I'm trying to do is push women into aviation. Now, not actively. If they don't want to do it, they won't get through anyway, so it doesn't matter. You've, this is one of those careers where you have to want it and want it and want it and have to have that self-belief. We can talk about that a little bit later, about self-belief, um, self-sabotage and everything else. Um, we can talk about that and that comes up in the email, so I don't want to ruin that for you. Um, so I'll cover the social now have a read uh, and then we'll discuss it this is what i put out so this is for the younger women on the page when i say younger women guys and when i say guys it's guys and girls and um, when i say younger women i'm talking about from 13 to about 18 these are the women that tend to write to me now the royal air force is 14 percent women a higher percentage than any other uk armed service although the percentage of women in aviation is a lower figure i did some maths on this and i reckon in fast jets it's probably um it's probably about between one and two percent, maybe one and two and a half percent are women. We can discuss that as well later. Um, I've taught many women to fly, but often get accused of not knowing what it means to be a woman in the RAF. And that's true. I've never been a woman in the RAF, but I do know that a lot of young women who I speak to at schools and colleges allow their own self-doubt to prevent them following this career path. In my family, here's a total number of men. So there's me, there's my kid brother, my, my nephew, Noah, and he's just five. All the rest of the women, my nephew has three sisters and a mother. My older sister is a doctor. My kid sister is a police officer and I'm married to a woman. Uh, my father died in 2011, so he hasn't got that granddad figure. Um, so I've got a fair idea about women, about self-sabotage and imposter syndrome. It's a factually correct statement based on something called research to say that it affects more women than men. That's the truth. The reason that I posted this article is that I saw self-doubt firsthand at a presentation I did recently at college. I do a lot of these, by the way. As a couple of students left the presentation, even though I talked about the women who were flying in the RF today, I heard one young lady comment, I could never do that, I'm not clever enough. Now, we are just a product of what we tell ourselves and from what we choose to listen to. 
Life is full of choices, guys. Um, I always tell people that your attitude determines your altitude. You can let other people, sorry, you can let the other person want it more if you want, and you know what, they get it. So let the other person want it more and they're gonna get it ahead of you is what I'm trying to say there. So if you're young and you want something today, don't regret the efforts that you failed to put in yesterday. And if you are a young woman, there's a cockpit there for you if you truly believe it to be yours. Now, patriarchy, you say? Really? Let's discuss that then, shall we? I get a lot of this. The world is a patriarchy, which means it's... um preference but well, it's, it's run by men and preference uh, for men in effect so it's it's run by men for men now my argument to that is well look women and men want something different we understand this uh, we've seen all the experiments in scandinavia and, and some other places around the world where they've tried to balance genders across the the workforce and what we've found is um, that men will tend to go and do those more technical jobs and women will tend to go and do those jobs um, that more involve people and relationships so when you look at patriarchies yes engineering is heavily dominated by men um, things like aviation tend to be uh, and then you look at healthcare, which is heavily dominated by women, uh, because it's more to do with people, isn't it, than actual things. And if you leave men and women alone, as I find with my uh, nephew, who's uh, six now, actually, no, he's six, and his two sisters, who are both three, I think it is, put all the toys in the room, and he goes and builds Lego and stuff, and they play with dolls. It's, uh, yes, you could argue that if you only ever girl gave the girls Lego, they'd build Lego, and if you only ever gave them dolls, he'd play with dolls, but it's just not the truth. He, okay, they wouldn't have anything to play with, they don't get me wrong, but it's just that thing you leave them alone and they just tend to go and do those things it's obviously how their brains are forming now not to say that some women are massively into things and some men are massively into um sort of humanities and those kind of subjects uh, and we do see that of course you know men go into healthcare and, and women go into engineering we do see that but i'm talking as a generalization that we tend to find genders align uh, along various stereotypical norms makes sense which is probably why you find a lot less women in um, in in uh, in aviation now one of the things I was going to say and I was quite critical it wasn't critical of Mike Wigston's report it used to be a boss of mine I, I, I'm not critical of it at all I read it and I thought it was really good I thought it could have been more expansive but then he was on a very limited time frame to deliver this uh, I thought it could have really dug in to some different areas um, all his recommendations were accepted by the way I think it was 36 of them uh, and we're going to cover a bit of that now uh, just we're going to cover a bit of that now um but I just felt it could have gone a bit further. And there were some things that were picked up by the newspapers. Um, and I want to discuss those with you afterwards as well. I felt he was talking, I felt he wanted, well, I think this is still the case, actually. He was looking um, more representation in the higher levels of the armed forces by uh, minorities and, and women. And I'm all for that, unless you start making it, quotas and I think then we start ending up like the Canadian government where Trudeau said was it 2016 he said I want 50-50 government representation women and men because society is 50-50 and I think any sensible person would probably say well, as long as they're the best people that's fine isn't it but if they're not the best people and this goes for both sides you never know, fully female government if they're the best people genuinely if they're not the best people then what, what are you doing you're just making the country weaker and that's our argument here as well is that you're never going to get um, any man or any woman into uh, an aeroplane in the Royal Air Force if they're not the best person for it. That's that's factually correct right there, okay? And I'll, I'll stress that a little bit later as well with some more examples, um, which is good in a way because it means that women don't feel they're just being selected because they're women. Because that would be wrong, wouldn't it? No woman wants that. No man would want that either. The report itself then, Wixton Review into Inappropriate Behaviours, and I'll just go through a little bit about the beginning of that. I've got it here, and I'll bring it up on your screen now. So I've got my tea on. 
Got tea on the burn. And if we look at the beginning of this uh, thing itself, so we're just going to go through. Uh, th I mean, this is very important. And what I'm trying to do is quell myths that um, the service is full of people that want to go and bully and, and rape people and stuff because it's not. I never really saw any of this. I mean, I was in a very specialist role in aviation, I suppose, especially fast jet aviation. So I never really saw um, bullying. I never really heard anything about it. Uh, I'm not saying it doesn't um, exist, but if we define inappropriate behavior here, uh, and they do in the report, it's, it's, it's breaching of laws, norms of behaviors or core values and standards, including sexual offenses and bullying, harassment, discrimination, harm or risk harming individuals, teams and operational effectiveness, et cetera, et cetera. Now, You've got to pass something called the service test. And if you go to the back end of the document, this is what it is. And the service test is pretty simple. What the service test says is, so whenever you're doing something in the service, and your behavior, you think, is this right? I'm going to do this. Is that correct? The service test is this. Have the actions or behaviors of an individual adversely impacted or are they likely to impact the efficiency or operational effectiveness of the service? And that's a question I had to answer when I started writing essays back in 2012 on fast ship performance. I'm like, am I doing harm or good? To the service and because the US military were doing a lot of writing and encouraging people to blog and everything else it was massive with the US army especially I was, I was serving with at the time in Afghanistan um, and there was a three-star general telling me you need to go back there and do some writing uh, I was like no I passed the service test so I carried on writing and you can read those of course on fast performance under the blog tab now what Mike Wixon does here, he answers a lot of questions, does a lot of investigation, and also he brings in external agencies to look at the quality of service and the quality of the complaints within the service as well, which is really interesting for me. So he says, are we doing it well enough? And we're not just going to analyze ourselves here. We're going to bring something else in, uh, and we're going to uh, ask them, you know, what do you recommend? Do you recommend we're doing it all right? And they went, eh, you could do it better. He was like, okay, then. And he goes on to the Armed Forces Continuous Attitude Survey and everything else um, about how people, do they feel they're being treated fairly at work, and actually what we found in that survey recently it was only 30% of the Royal Air Force at the moment feel valued which is a bit of a shock to me because I was like I thought it'd be higher than that so that's online if you want to go and read that and the reason I thought I'd bring that up really was because what Mike Wixon's saying is look there is a tolerant there is a tolerant service in the military for um not just uh women but all um uh what is it uh is it black and Asian minority ethnics, the BAME? You're saying that as well. It's there is a there is a tolerant society within there for all people, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to go even further. Um, it's a, and have remember, guys, uh, the military is one of those places. I think one of those rare kind of I say institutions in the country that pays men and women the same. It doesn't matter what color you are, what what ethnic background you have, what sex you are. Pay is the same. The same. Think about that. Think about that. Get my tea on. All right. So that is out there. Have a read of it. It's not the biggest document in the world. I think it could have gone further. But um, it's uh, it's there. It's saying there's a bit more to do, but actually we're not in a bad place. Now, let's have a look at the second piece of social I put out. So after this first piece of social, I got an email from um, the wife of a friend of mine. So what I do... I put out another piece of social. Uh, that's the first one there. That's, yes, that's right. Got that one, got two. So I've done the F-35 one. So the next one was, yeah. I put out another piece of social and that piece of social was, this one I'm putting up on the screen now for you. How to raise gutsy girls. Mm. Yeah, so let's go through the email that I received first and then I put this one up afterwards. Now I've got this, as I said, priority on my site to push um, people uh, that don't think they can 
do what I did into the military. Because if you look at my background, which we'll discuss later, yeah, I'm an example of someone that probably shouldn't have been in a position I was in, um, apart from the obviously the hard work and the effort I put in. Okay, so let's um, go over the email first, shall we? Because the email is quite an interesting one. Now, I'm going to get the email up on, on Fastship Performance itself. Uh, and I said on my website, because I've got my answer in there as well, if I can just go down and find, um, oh, what was it, the 15th, wasn't it? So here we are, got it now. Right, the email came then from the wife of a friend of mine, and uh, I'm a big fan of when my wife writes to someone, I'm not involved, she wants to get herself into an argument with someone or a discussion or something, that's her, that's that's what she wants to do. She can't then turn around to me and go, oh, drag me out of this. It's like, eyes open when you go into that fight, okay? Eyes open when you go into the fight. So this young lady here, um, and she's a lovely person, and she's obviously very, uh, she's quite animated about women, um, and she has some daughters. So obviously don't mention her name. I'm taking some bits out here as well. Nothing serious, uh, but it, I think we'll get the idea. So I released that first piece of media about the F-35, saying there's a cockpit there if you want it. Now, I firmly believe this, and I don't think you'll find many pilots flying today that would disagree with that. There is a cockpit there. <coughs> excuse me, a cockpit there. If you want to put the work in and you want to just close your ears, everyone that's telling you you can't do it, then you can get in that cockpit. Okay, you've got to be, you've got to pass all the fitness and everything else and the academics and you've got to make sure that you haven't got color blindness. And there are some things that I can't help you with, um, but the motivation is not one of them. I can help you with that. If you if you start having to, if you start believing in yourself, we'll talk about self-belief in a minute. The email comes in then. So I've just written about F-35 saying there's, there's cockpits there. If you want cockpits, um, you can definitely have one, but you've got to put the work in uh, and you're, you're definitely, women are in cockpits already. I know they are. I've flown with them already. Um, just, you know, believe that you can do it basically. And of course, th this is the problem. I said, believe you can do it, I think. How dare I? Email. Hi, Tim. I hope you and my wife are well. Uh, I wanted to get in touch about your latest post on Fast Jet Performance. The subject is fairly close to my heart as I'm very conscious of the issue of women avoiding STEM-related fields with her daughters um, being in the tech, sorry, with her daughters, basically, um, and her being in the tech research field herself. It can be fairly daunting being in a predominantly male environment, especially when some, not all, of those men can be incredibly condescending and make huge gender-associated assumptions about competence levels. I have some feedback comments on your post from a female perspective. They are meant in good faith. I hope they are of use. Of course they are. I'm using them now, aren't I? I think it's really important that we ensure our next generation of females and beyond know that jobs that have typically been promoted for men only are in fact open to all. On reading your post, I want to highlight a few things because I'm concerned that some of the things you have said, albeit they come from a well-intentioned place, have the potential to do more harm than good. You're right in your assertion that you don't know what it's like to be a woman in the RAF. My suggestion would be that you could have spoken to women in the RAF and given their views. A quote from a woman in the RAF would provide visibility in a personal way and a direct female perspective on going for that type of career. Otherwise, you're implying that your own view will suffice. And by approaching it in this way, you erase the importance of listening to women talk about what it's like to be a woman in the RAF. As if the problems lie with the women only and not within your organisation. That's like getting a navigator to give a view on what it's like to be a pilot in the RAF because they've worked with enough of them to know. By saying that a lot of young women allow their own self-doubt to prevent them from following this career path, you're placing the responsibility of women not entering the RAF or choosing this career path on the women themselves. There was a lot of research highlighting the societal influences on women and girls due to gender stereotypes. There's a pretty famous piece of peer review research highlighting how girls are more likely to attribute dispositional reasons for coding correctly. 
Dispositional is intrinsic, by the way. It means it's, it's inside. So, oh, she says here, I'm bad at coding. Whereas boys tend to attribute blame to situational reasons. The coding is incorrect. And that this way of thinking is based on deep-seated cultural and societal ideologies that suggest girls are somehow genetically bad at STEM subjects. You're right, there's a lot of research out there to say that women behave differently than men when it comes to confidence. But this is not a nature-nurture dichotomy. Genetics do have some influence on traits, including confidence, but they're absolutely not the only factor. And that is a hugely outdated way of thinking and really damaging if it is being suggested that is a male-female split. Crikey. The cultural influence in societies and in, and in organisations, especially organisations as male-dominated as RAF or the military in general, have a huge impact both directly and indirectly on women. Everything from company policy to whether or not someone sees themselves being represented can have an influence. RF Coningsby have appointed a female fighter pilot to go out and act as an advocate for women in STEM in schools up in Lincolnshire. That's a typhoon base, by the way. I think I know the woman. Which is fantastic because it provides young women with a female representative and a female voice so they can see it can be done. I've had all of my girls come home from nursery or school with some crazy idea that girls can't be doctors or pilots or astronauts or insert male stereotype here because they don't see themselves being represented in books or other media. And this is even with her husband... Um, being all for ensuring the girls know what women that women can be pilots and herself doing a PhD on some very technical um, vehicle stuff. Her husband, by the way, is a pilot in the Royal Air Force. The issue is not as simple as women not having self confidence. Your post read as the equivalent of saying, "Come on, women, just man up, grow a pair, and apply." What's your problem? This issue is much deeper and more complicated than that. <coughs> Sorry, guys, getting over the back end of a cold. Um, and that's really the email. It comes down a little bit. There's a bit at the bottom as well. Yeah. So I think that he says that I'm suggesting that. Let's go for this bit, shall we? This issue is much deeper and complicated than that and missing that out and suggesting that is an issue to do with women rather than acknowledging that women need to be encouraged into this career area. Whilst highlighting the social and cultural influences that need to be overcome is really problematic. You're essentially blaming the victim and suggesting that if they only change this problem, it would go away. Given your position and influence on your platform, I would really urge you to be mindful of these kinds of things when you post. And as I said at the start, the reasoning behind your post is great. I absolutely agree that we should be doing more to encourage women in general. But focusing on the reason for women not entering into these fields as something wrong with women themselves is not the way to do it, which is good, actually, because that's not what I did. Jeez. What we find here, though, guys, um, and I say guys and girls, is people have an agenda and then they write to me about something I've triggered and they give me their agenda. Apologies, I've got to drink tea because I've just got off the back end of like this four-day cold given to me by children. I don't have any myself, so whenever I see children, they're like little germ bombs to me. Uh, and I saw my sister's kids and I think I probably got it from them. Blaming them anyway. Why not blame the kids? So yeah, but one thing I'm not doing is blaming the women here. Um, and when I think there's a lot in this to unpack and we could be all day trying to do this, but... My, a lot of people suggest things to me. I'm. It's quite good, isn't it? What you should do is, it's like, yeah, you calm it down. Um, I get that. I've, I've done that. So my suggestion that you should have spoken to women in the Royal Air Force and given their view, who do you think writes to me? Every, every week I get people writing to me. Now, the problem with the Royal Air Force, of course, is that they won't allow their people to speak freely on social. I mean, I did it anyway. Um, you know, I try to kick down some doors, but they won't allow someone to come on the podcast and speak to me. Um, and the woman actually doing it for 
RF Coningsby, you have to ask yourself why she's not in a jet because you can't do both. You can't be a pilot on an active flying squadron and still go out and do STEM support in the local community. There's, there's a reason that she's probably not in the cockpit right now. I think I know the woman. I don't know what that reason is, by the way. I'm not speculating, but there could be like an illness. She could have broken something. She could be pregnant, something like that. Um, but you're not doing both. So when they're saying, yes, there's a woman out there delivering STEM into the local community, that's great. I'm sure that community doesn't really need STEM, by the way, because every day they see jets flying overhead. Maybe it's somewhere outside of that community that might need to, you know, inner city London or something like that. I don't want to rip this email apart, by the way, because this is someone's personal viewpoint and that, you know, you're never going to really change that. Not on a, not on a YouTube video or a podcast. Um, so I understand that the, what, what this lady is saying is that a lot of the issues are intrinsic. I'm saying, yes, they are. And you can leave them there if you want to. You can, you can have those, um, those, those issues with self-doubt if you want, and then you can let the next woman who's, who's done something about that self-doubt take that cockpit slot for you. That's my argument. So basically it happens with men as well. Um, I get a lot of men writing to me, young men, uh, 16 to 18, and they're saying, do you think I can be a pilot in the Royal Air Force? And they don't really give you much to work on apart from that. And uh, I remember a quote from Henry Ford, I think it was, saying, um, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. <laughs> I like that. If you think you can be a pilot in the Royal Air Force, you're right. If you think you can't be a pilot in the Royal Air Force, you're right. You've got to square this away. Square the head away. I'm pointing at the head. Square the head away. Because no one's going to do it for you. No one's going to do it for you anymore. And then there's a lot of other stuff in there, isn't there, about company policy and all this kind of stuff. And it's like all male stereotypes. Um, yeah, if you're a woman, you want to enter into the Air Force. Uh, you want to have a look at some women in, in aviation. Uh, and, and you can just Google, like, women in aviation or whatever. And uh, let's, let's list some, shall we? Amelia Earhart, first woman to fly across Atlantic Ocean solo, 1932. Um, Jacqueline Cochran, uh, advocate of women participating in the Air Force. She was also in the WASPs, I think. Women Air Force Service pilot, she was. I'll put some of these pictures up here. Bessie Coleman, um, Sally Ride. Sally Ride was, I think, the first woman in space, 1983. Uh, get in, Amy Johnson, for crying out loud, 1930. Flies solo England to Australia in a gypsy moth. That's like a tiger moth, but worse. That's crazy. Right, so she was also the first woman to qualify as an aircraft engineer. Um, and then you've got a whole world of other women. I mean, <coughs> excuse me again, I have to go do some tea. But seriously, have a look at some of these pictures. Hard to do on a podcast, isn't it? Have a look at some pictures on a podcast. Yeah, thanks, Tim. I'm in the car. So if you're a young lady trying to get into aviation, well, wow, you know, you've got a lot to inspire you. Now, oh, yeah, so I wrote back to it, didn't I? Now, the problem is people write me an essay. Tim, I think this, bang. And it's big. And so I go, well, I've kind of got to honor that. They've written me three pages. So I'll write two and a half, three pages back to them. And what happens? Nothing. Nothing comes back. Nothing comes back at all. I get that a lot. So if I'm short with you in an email, it's because it's about time investment on my part. Uh, you know, you've, you've given me something. I'm trying to give you something back. But there's a lot of people. And uh, I'm probably not going to get anything back from you. Now, I actually say the last line isn't what I said. What the lady said here was... Um, by focusing on the reason for women not entering into these fields as something wrong with women themselves is not the way to do it. Yeah, that's not what I said. That's not what I said. In fact, I said the reverse of that. Where's that piece of social? Where's that piece of social? What I said was, and if you are a young woman, there's a cockpit there for you if you truly believe it to be yours. It's not saying anything's wrong with women. That's just saying you've got to have some self-belief, okay? So I think the, the key here... It's the same thing. I get a lot of young men write to me and they're in like sinker states or whatever in Manchester or in London. They're like, how do I become a pilot? None of my friends want to study. Um, I find it hard to study. 
you know, dad isn't with the family, mum's um, working two jobs, uh, they're living in a, a housing estate, whatever, there's a lot of violence there. And not a lot of violence necessarily, I think it's been hyped by the press, but they've got to be careful when they go out and watch what they do. Um, they can't walk past the wrong group and everything like that. So that, that does play on their mind. It's not easy then to go back from school and sit there and study. And I'm like, I say to them, you've got to find a way. You've got to find a way. Yeah, there's our, there are some people that are privileged. I know plenty of people gone through public school that are doing nothing with their lives right now. That they just don't because they've been given everything. And they come out and they're like, oh, this, I've actually got to fight? It's like, you don't realize how blessed you are if you have to fight through your childhood because you know what it's like to fight to get something you want. And then when you go into things like the military, you're like, yo, yo, I'm going to keep fighting. I'm the guy that's going to, I want that. The reason that I got into the Navy was because... Um, I said, I'm going to do this anyway. I'm going to, I'm going to get into the Navy. You know, I want that. I want to be in the Navy and I want to be the best officer I possibly can and to give back to the Navy. And I said that to the, on my second AIB, I, I failed the first one. I said, look, I want to, I want to push the Navy forward. Now I, I transferred to the Royal Air Force and I was in the Air Force for a fifth of its life. Have a think about that for a second. A fifth of the Royal Air Force's life. I was in the Royal Air Force trying to make some kind of tangible change in what is essentially a very conservative system that lags behind um, the outside world and, and there's a reason it does that and the reason it kind of has to as well but we won't go into that um i go into the email anyway and my reply basically you know what i'm going to say i'm saying to you right now um i just i'm just saying uh yeah my opinion comes from a place where other people have not so uh, you know as a pilot instructor in the royal air force um i have to send these people out with a 30 million pound airplane and i have to make sure they're going to come back because i, I don't want to kill them so I've got to have a certain person in there. That person has to have a certain element of self-confidence. Now, how you build up that self-confidence really uh, outside of the military is up to you. Uh, whatever you do, whether it's through sport or, or clubs, whatever it is, uh, I would suggest taking positions of responsibility. Uncomfortable, isn't it? Yes, it is. It needs to be uncomfortable because you've got to be able to drag yourself up. You've got to be able to be always chasing something and always willing to fail and always willing to embarrass yourself embarrass yourself embarrass the hell out of yourself who cares right because you're taking risk because you're trying to improve yourself and that's the key so so push for those higher positions get people laughing at you i need people to laugh at me people are going to write about this video in the comments go and look at some of the comments there about what people are saying fine you know i'm the guy putting content out there because i want you guys to benefit from it and people are slagging me off in the comments and that's fine i'm good with that because someone just some little kid out there man woman doesn't matter is going to get something from this and go like something like, oh, who is Amelia Earhart? I'm going to look up that. And she'll look it up and she'll like, wow. And then she'll read a book on it and she'll be like, oh, it's crazy. This woman did this back in 1932. It's amazing. And then she's going to go, maybe I could do that and read some more and watch some more of my content and get involved. And before you know it, she's put an application in to the Air Force. She's put an application in. And then someone says, hey, do you want to come for an interview and chat this out? And she goes, yeah. And then she sat in an interview and she says, well, you know what? I, I started reading about you know, women in aviation, and I was really inspired, and I was 14, and I read some more stuff, and I took positions of responsibility, like Tim said, and it was embarrassing, and people laughed at me and stuff, but I really kind of grew, and there were some people telling me I couldn't do it, and Tim told me not to listen to those people, so I didn't, and I focused on myself, and I made sure I wasn't sabotaging my own success at school, you can read about that, self-sabotage, fast-step performance, Google that, you'll find it, um, I was making sure that I was, um, uh, you know, I, I was trying to believe in myself, and it was hard, but I did it anyway, uh, I went out and did the work, and I put the work in, and did the research, um, I got myself fit, squared my exams away, uh, and I, I really think I want to be a pilot in the Royal Air Force, yeah, and then that, the people there interviewing her turn around and say, well, I think we want you to as well, she joins the Air Force, she starts flying training, she ends up coming through the flight school that I was on, and now she's on fast jets on Typhoon, I can tell you women that have done that, because I've trained them, okay, I can tell you women, not many, 
there's not many women that come through. I probably had about seven or eight in, in the decade, maybe a bit more than that, in the decade I was there. But there are women that have done that because someone has told them that they can believe in themselves. It's almost like, it sounds awful. It's not giving someone permission to believe in themselves. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. It's just encouraging that self-belief. Because people seem to, there's so much out there now, isn't there? So much social and everything else. People just get repressed. Um, and they get distracted. And they don't focus on that narrow that narrow thing. If you want to do something worthwhile in your life, you don't want to be spreading yourself too thinly. This is a problem I've got right now, and I'm really trying to collapse it all in. It's like, take your niche. Yeah, steal that ground. Be that person that does that and that really well. So I did that piece of social anyway, and I wrote back to her anyway and said, yeah, I get it, but you can keep telling your daughters that they can't do anything if you want, that's fine, but I'm telling people that they can. I'm telling people they can. Um, I was writing on a phone as well. It took me ages of doing this. So, and I always do speak to psychologists. A lot of people that speak, that write to me are in the educational um, departments and uh, psychiatrists and all sorts. So, and my sister, I've got two sisters, my younger sister, a police officer, and she wrote to me and said, I'm going to come on your podcast and I'm going to talk about women. And um, she is a fighter. If you imagine, she's a, a police detective, done very, very well in the, she has a, her job is, her job is, yeah, pretty horrible, actually. Um, detecting crime and stuff. But she she fights a lot in the police service to make sure um, everyone is properly represented and everyone has the same opportunities. Um, because we as a family believe in the quality of opportunity. Everyone should have the same starting place. The outcomes, well, that's up to you then. But the, the start, that should be as much as it can. It can never be, of course. You can never have all the same people on the same start line because of all the different... Um, societal inputs but we can try and make it level but it's the outcomes well that's what you've got to fight for and if you're the person fighting so many people give up so many people give up you're gonna get it right you're gonna get it people send me gifts i say here uh some of these people that i help get they send me gifts and they keep inviting me places and one of the guys i helped get into the navy recently um invited me to the dartmouth ball uh, i couldn't go would it be nice couldn't go my wife and i couldn't go and also i kind of done that right but so that i get people thanking me for helping them out uh also where are the women online helping these women out that's what i can't see right now why am i a guy helping out these women um because i have women in my family i've got nieces i've got um i've got three three nieces i've got two sisters uh i want women to do well and they, they do well it's almost patronizing for me to say that right i did write an essay why fight pilots cry uh, and that was about female pilots you can have a look at that that was um, women in the end of vertical ambition and the reason that i talk about sometimes um the problem with women going into these fields in aviation is because they have a very busy life up to the age of about 35. So women, unlike men, have to square their, have to square themselves away. They have to sort themselves out before 35. Men can be children for their entire life if they want to. They can sit at home playing video games, take no responsibility. It doesn't really matter to them. Um, they may not find a partner, but it doesn't matter. They can play video games and they can eat junk food, whatever. Women have to decide whether they're going to have a family and you've got to do that early. And realistically, you've got to do it before 25 because after 25, the chances of conceiving come down. We all know this because it's in books. Uh, I'm not just saying that. It's not Tim-splaining. I think I was accused of mansplaining recently as well about women. I'm like, so a man can't talk about women now. Is that what you're saying? Anyway, so post-25, it goes like this. My wife and I know this. We haven't got kids. Up to 25, you've got a real, well, actually 15 to 25, you've got a really good chance of conceiving. Then from 25, it goes down. And post-35, really, we tell people they can have it all. That's bollocks. Bollocks. Factually correct. It's bollocks. Um, you can't. You've got to decide whether you want that family or whether you want that career. Now, there are women out there that, that have both and fair play to you. You know what I mean? That's got to be hard. And if, if your husband, whilst you take a career break to have kids, which tends to be what happens, um, 
and you might fall behind in your career whilst you do that, but you take a career break, your husband is bringing enough money and hopefully that maybe you can have some childcare and get back into that career world if that's what you want. But a lot of women say, you know, I want to be a mum. It's the one opportunity I get. And I understand that because my sister is doing exactly that right now. And she's a great mum. But she is taking a bit of a career break because she's got three kids and she's working part time in a very high professional medical field. She's very, very good at what she does. Um, but of course, she's doing it part time because she wants to involve herself with the kids. And of course, she's going to then not um, progress as much as, say, a man in the same field who hasn't got those responsibilities. And yes, we can talk about whether the man should be at home looking after the kids or not. Um, I don't have children and I'm not really called to speak on kids, although I was one, but I did have parents. So let's talk a little bit about the next social and then we'll go on and talk about privilege a bit more, shall we? So the next piece of social I put out, uh, yeah, so I wrote back to you. You know what I said to the woman? I just said, yeah, I get what you're saying. I disagree. Um, uh, female pilots understand that there's no adjusting of training or rules for them. Um, and they do learn in different ways, men and women. So in the syllabus I'm writing at the moment for another company, uh, I combine both those learning styles into the one syllabus. So no one's disadvantaged. This is the piece we're going to talk about now. This is um, a piece about how to raise gutsy girls. It's quite a good TED talk, actually. I liked it. So I thought, I'll put it up there. What's that? Abuse. Lots of it. Thank you. Absolutely. Why not? And it's quite easy, isn't it, to attack a guy? It's quite easy. So um, especially, you know, a white middle-aged guy uh, trying to help women out, it's quite easy to attack him as not knowing anything about women. Oh, yeah, I do talk about mansplaining in this. Here's the post, guys. This is a day later. So there we go. Continuing the, continuing the theme of helping, helping women into cockpits that I continually try and push, much to the annoyance, it seems, of some women. Here's an interesting video about encouraging personal development from an early age. I've received several emails since yesterday's post on the United States Marines Corps, Corps' first female F-35 pilot, which seemed to suggest I was mansplaining. I'll do a podcast. This is the podcast, guys. Um, and we'll talk about some of those emails. Uh, no names. Here's the thing. Flying instructors are risk managers and every day they go into work to strike a balance where they take students out of their comfort zone and into their stretch zone. Now, you get this wrong and you push them too much, you move them into the panic zone and this is where death occurs. Now, my instructors knew this. They knew I had to push both the baby instructors and baby students. It was their job to find that balance. Now, I ran um, about 12 instructors and those instructors in the Royal Air Force as a pilot on fast jets, and those instructors um, would then teach the other instructors how to instruct, and then those other instructors would teach the students. So my instructors were the most senior instructors on the squadron, and the most capable instructors you're ever going to find probably in the world. And I say that because I'm going to do a podcast soon on uh, an F-18 crash with a C-130, United States Marine Corps F-18 crash with a refueling uh, C-130 Hercules. Um, I'm going to do that one, and that's a, that's a torrid tale about standards and all sorts so that's my job I was officer commanding standards looking after standards on the squadron now so they knew they had to push both the new baby instructors and the new baby students because that was their job they had to find that balance between the comfort and the stretch zone making sure we didn't push people into the panic zone and that they died I say it's not PPL flying here it's not general aviation it's hard it's complicated dynamic full of performing and complex individuals. Military flying instructors are training weapon systems. They're not training pilots, that makes sense. So when I talk about women in aviation, I'm not talking about what women should do from a male perspective. I'm talking about what a student pilot should do from a senior flying instructor perspective. My team's job was to keep them alive 
while still growing them. And it just so happens that sometimes that pilot is a woman. And believe me, they die in just the same way as the men do. So this is an interesting talk about installing positive behaviors early on in life and challenging stereotypes. And lastly, I'm a big fan of overcoming your environment. A lot of the emails that were telling me that I didn't understand the other factors at play for women, how society expects different things from them, I get it. Society expected different things from a guy with poor A-level grades, an E, E, and N, grades that would have prevented me getting into the RAF today. That's my grades, by the way. Here's the thing. They also prevented me getting in back then. That's why I collected shopping trolleys for Asda for a whole year. It's also why I hustled and joined the Royal Navy, who were more interested in character, worked my way across to the Royal Air Force, and eventually became the officer commanding all flying training and standards on the biggest fast jet squadron in the Royal Air Force. I messed up my exams. I was involved in... Um, it's kind of weird. I went to a, a very um, a kind of a strict Catholic school, and as soon as I had a bit of taste of freedom, of course, you know, you get smoking drugs and all sorts of weird stuff. I finished this, and then we did it on proper sandbag. Right here we go. If you believe you can or believe you can't, you are right. That's Henry Ford. Uh, many women I flew with acknowledged the struggle they had. Their childhood told them that they couldn't fly airplanes. They were destined for girls' jobs. That's not my words. It's their girls' jobs. That's what they were telling me. Maybe they got dealt a bad hand in life, but they dug deep. They committed. They sacrificed and they took a cockpit. Many men from bad starts managed the same. It's just what it is. It's just what it is. If you are young and hungry, embrace the struggle and you will get there. For both young men and women, the only limitations you place on yourself are the ones you allow to stay in your mind. So those limitations, they're in your head and it's your responsibility to get rid of those. Life is a struggle. Life is a struggle. Of course it is. It's a horrible struggle. I mean, you're going to die and people, everyone you love is going to die and it's a horrible struggle. So you have to do something good with it. Now, someone has to be in that cockpit. Someone has to be flying that airplane and that might as well be you. That's how I look at it. It might as well be you. And that talk then is, uh, let's see who it's by. Caroline Paul, full TED talk. Um, it's called How to Raise Gutsy Girls. Bravery is learned, and like anything learned, it just needs to be practiced. Right, finished with that then. Now, what I've been doing throughout this whole thing as well, if you're actually watching the video, not on the podcast, is I've been putting up pictures of women. Uh, some of these women I've flown with, some of women I've found you know, images of on, on social or whatever um, in different forces. But I'm trying to just reinforce these young women that write to me that they, in a few years, can be in these pictures. Now, I do have an issue with this. And the reason I have an issue with this, because a lot of people accuse me of things like white privilege. And it's like, well, what do you want me to do with that? I'm sure it exists. I can't really do much about it. Um, was I privileged? I don't think I was back then. Uh, my, my dad was a police officer. He's a police constable. Never earned more than about 27,000 pounds in his entire life. He died when he was 65. Mother of health visitor. She's still alive now. Lovely woman. Um, again, not a high paying career health visitor. And they, those two people, both, both my parents, put all four kids through university, uh, luckily, and I'm still, I'm still failing stuff, you know what I mean? I'm still you know, failing A-levels and, and not doing well in my H&D, and I had to do H&D because I, I didn't do well in my A-levels, and my H&D was a struggle, and eventually I went on to a degree course and went, just nail the degree, do the work, put the work in and get this degree done, and I did, and I'm lucky I came out with an engineering degree. I'm quite fortunate in that respect that I managed to get some clarity in my mind. But the whole time I was with the officer training corps, learning how to be an officer, being challenged uh, every single time. And we still have a relationship with the officer training corps down in Bristol. We still go down to their dinners every every year and support them as best we can. Um, my older sister, she's got, I think, two or three degrees. Um, my younger sister's, I think she's got two degrees now. I think she's got um, a degree in criminology and a master's 
or maybe the master's in criminology, but she's highly educated. My brother's got a degree. Um, what am I doing? So I am, well, what am I doing now? I'm, I'm a director in a, in, a, in, a, in a startup, which is which is fascinating, exciting, and risky as hell. And the whole thing is brilliant. I love it. And it's dynamic and it's great. Um, it's, it's really world changing. And I love that. It's, it's very different from the from the Air Force, but I'm driving that forward after a 20 year career as a pilot in the in the Royal Air Force. Uh, my sister, as I said, is a psychiatric doctor, very senior, very senior. <coughs> excuse me. My brother is uh, an airline pilot and on triple sevens for Emirates uh, out in Dubai. And my younger sister is, uh, is a police constable, a uh, detective constable, I believe, solving like rapes and, and murders and all sorts of crazy stuff. So all of us didn't come from a privileged background uh, at all. Don't get me wrong. There wasn't any money in the household or anything like that. Um, we were fortunate to go to a school quite conservative and I think my issue was when I left that conservative environment and went to a local college you get in with crowds don't you You try and be the big man I end up doing some drugs and some weird stuff um which meant that my A-levels weren't brilliant at all until I squared myself away went to university got away from all the the people that weren't very good for me and that's the thing surround yourself with positive people people because um you're going to be the you know the average of the five people you spend the most time with so really look at who your friends are you want to be the most stupid person in that room you really do you want to you want to be associating yourself with more intelligent more more intelligent um uh, uh friends that are, are really thrusting out there and really trying to challenge themselves it's really important uh, you've just got to break off some friendships and at your age it doesn't matter you know i i don't i don't remember any oh, i've got some friends actually on facebook from school it's really cool to see what they're doing and everything but i don't know who they are as in now I don't, because I haven't spoken to them for 25 years or whatever, but they're really cool to see what they're doing with their kids and everything. Um, so think about yourself. Think about helping yourself, moving forwards. White privilege, yeah. So what do I do about that? Now, um, I've got a lot of uh, well, a lot of friends, a lot of people I've, I've trained, ethnic minorities. They will tell you a similar story, a similar story about struggle. I think everyone's got a struggle story. I even know someone really wealthy um, who flew, doesn't fly anymore. I don't fly anymore. And they had a great education. Um, and they will still tell you about the struggle they had uh, in, a, in a public school. Um, and they struggle with like guilt about, and, and some other things as well. They're really well educated. But I don't think anyone's out there without their own personal struggle story. So don't, don't think you're unique in this. And when you go into the military, you'll find people from all different kinds of background. Um, and it's fantastic. Uh, you're all focused on the same thing. So if you say, yeah, but I've got real struggle. It's like, I'm sure you do. I'm absolutely, I'm not throwing it away from you. I'm, I'm guaranteed 100%. But that means your journey is going to be unlike my journey where I had a little bit of struggle down here and I managed to do this and I get into the Air Force and bang, that's it. Because I had that much struggle. Your struggle is going to be like this and that. Look at this like ammunition for future success. I had this much. So when I got into the Royal Air Force, I was like, or into the Navy, I was like, yeah, I know how to deal with this because I've gone through all this already. So all this stuff they're throwing at me on the parade square or whatever and on the boats and the river, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I can deal with this. I've done this. Because OTC and everything else, if you've got this, one, well, that's, that's like your ammunition is fuller than mine was. So your life experiences, your struggle is even bigger. You're going to go even further in the military. If you, if you apply yourself and you get yourself in and you get the work done, you've got to do the work. There's a load of people out there not doing the work right now. Because work is hard and it's much easier to go and sit on the PC and play or on the console or whatever. Um, it's just easier to do that. It just is easier to do that. There's some things I can help you with by, um, it's almost like self-parenting. It's like, give yourself a getting up in the morning time and stick to that time. And whatever happens, you do not hit that snooze button. You get out of bed. Just get out of bed. Use that time wisely. Um, you'll be buying more time than anyone else is having at the moment. And that means you'll get, your, your growth will be accelerated. And if you look at public schools, I think my wife was at a public school, day boarder. That means she was day, day ran at a, at a boarding school. 
Um, but those people at the boarding school are out of bed like at six. I think they were rowing straight away. Come back in, grab a shower. I think then they're, they're down for breakfast. And the, the whole day was massive until like nine in the evening. So I, I gave a talk. I think it was rugby. Was it? Yeah, it was rugby. Um, and you look at their day and it's like, those guys, they're literally getting three times the amount of education that a normal state school gets. A state school, I guess, people go in, what, half eight, nine o'clock? Uh, they're out by half three, four, I guess. I think that's the time. Uh, so you look at those hours. Let's say they're getting, like, let's say, and then they get lunch, don't they, and some breaks and stuff like that. Let's say they get six hours, probably generous, six hours of positive education in a day, six hours. You go to some of these public schools, and they're doubling that, you know. And then the extracurricular activities and everything, they're, it's... You wonder why, you know, Eton pumps out prime ministers. It's because those guys are twice as educated as people who aren't going to those states, those public schools. Whether I agree or not, I'm not saying that. I would love to have gone to a public school. I didn't. had to make the best of what I was given. And I did, I think, as much as I could. Um, yes, Armed Forces Lag Society. That's the last thing I was going to cover, really, just briefly, was going back to that review then by Mike Wigston, who's chief of air staff, because the... Uh, the uh, the, the Telegraph ran a report on it, and one of the things they said here, the headline was, Middle-Aged White Chiefs, a problem as armed forces battle culture of bullying and sexism. And this is where I was like, whoa, you be careful now, because the next thing you're going to tell me is that you've got a quota to get an amount of BAME or women, so it's ethnic minorities or women, into those senior positions. You could be really careful with quotas. As I said before, you can imbalance stuff, like Trudeau's government, 50-50. It's like, are those the right people? Are those the best people? As I said before, it's like, I know you want 50-50 representation, I fully get that, but do you want that or do you want the best people to be in government? Because there might be a difference. That, that government might have to be 80% women or might have to be 80% men. It just might have to be if you want the best people and you should want the best people to be in government. You should want the best people. I want the best people to be in the cockpit. They might not always be women. They might not always be men. We learn differently and we have a different set of skills. I have a particular set of skills Right, so what they said here was, um, oh, journalists are dicks. The armed forces has unacceptable levels of sexism, racism and bullying because it is led by a pack of white middle-aged men, a major new report has said. Let's go back to that report, shall we? Did it say that indeed? Did it say that? I would say no, it didn't. Let me just Googleize this. Googleize. Uh, let's go middle. Right, what it actually said was, I'll remind you what the paper said there. The armed forces has, because this is like a belief now, but when this comes out in the paper, people believe this because it's journalism. It's the only thing they've got. They, it's hard to do your own research. You haven't got time. So you go, well, a paper told me that um, the armed forces has unacceptable levels of sexism, racism, and bullying because it's led by a pack of white middle-aged men. A major new report has says. That's what it says here. That it says an unacceptable level of inappropriate behavior persists in the forces. And it says that it's led by a pack of white middle-aged men is what the paper says. Let's look at the report, shall we? I'll bring in this um, screenshot for you now. What it actually says here is, um, I'll read the whole sentence. Our new generation, which includes a greater portion of BAME, um, women and other up underrepresented groups, has grown up in a more open and permissive society prior to joining, yet are led by a cohort described by one external organisation as a pack mentality of white middle-aged men, especially in positions of influence whose behaviours are shaped by the armed forces 20 years ago. So an external organisation has said that the armed forces has led, is being led by a bunch of middle-aged men, or a pack mentality of middle-aged white men. Um, but that's not great newspaper headline, is it? So, of course, journalists are going to go and 
It's just going to go and bend that truth a little bit. Or going to amplify the truth or use some other kind of bullshit term. Right, anyway, so it's a reasonably good report. I'll put a link down in the things if you want it. So what was the message of this video, guys? I don't want to keep you. I'm going to let you go right now. The, the message of this, I think the message of this really is that women, young women, have to really think about who it is that's trying to drive them into cockpits. More importantly, who it is that's trying to stop them getting into those cockpits. Um, yeah, there are stereotypes. And there's um, one of my students, I think I can say a name. I won't bother saying a name. But um, she was, uh, there was a video that she did. And I'll try and put a link to that below as well, where she went to a school of like between five and seven-year-olds. And um, they're all told to draw a picture of a, a doctor, a fireman, and a, a pilot, or fighter pilot. And they all drew men. I think like 90% drew men. And then my friend, uh, my friend, well, she's a friend actually, but she's one of my students. She came out in all her flight kit with a helmet on and the visor and the mask. And the doctor came out with a mask on. And the fireman came out, fireman person came, well, all came out. Fireman came out with that. I said fireman, not fire person. Uh, and then they took them off. And they were all women. <coughs> Excuse me. They're all women. I'm dying here for you. But that's fine. Tea. And they were all women. And they were all the students, all the young kids were like, oh, it's amazing. I didn't realise. And then when she left, I remember her telling me, I said, how, how did it go? She was flying at Valley at the time. I think she's on Typhoon. I think she went to Tornado, actually. Um, she said it was really weird because when she left, when she left that, and you'll see the video below. I'll click on it. It's quite good. It's only short. When she left that event, um, and she'd been dressing all the kids up in all their flight kit and putting the helmet on them. And as she left, one of the young girls said, do you have to give your husband his flight kit back now? Isn't that amazing? All that. So it's ingrained from like five years old. I just, now is that men ingraining that? When I've just said that in like teaching and healthcare, predominantly women, you know, where's that coming from? It is in literature and everything else. I fully appreciate that. And that is slowly being changed for the better. But, you know, I'm here pushing this positive narrative for women in cockpits. I'm doing that. And I'm going to get spears. And if you think I'm lying, check the comments below. Scroll through the comments below. And the problem is with these comments, you never know who's actually asked, who's ever commenting because it's like Flyboy1622. I don't know who that guy is. It could be like a nine-year-old. You know, so you never know. And this is why I don't do much Twitter because Twitter is just this nasty place full of people who just want to rant. And I'm like, you know what? If I want to speak to you, I want to have a dialogue with you. I want to know who you are. Get on Facebook. I know Facebook's difficult. Shut down your personal account. Come on Fast Jet Performance and talk on things and I can see who you are. We can have a conversation. I know your name. Um, I know your background. We can have a conversation about this properly. Comments below are difficult because I don't know who you are. And you can throw spears and that's fine because I can take your spears because I know what I'm, what I'm actually doing is quite authentic and it's a good thing. And the reason I want women on squadrons is because it's a healthy balance and I really like it. And on, uh, on the squadron I was on in the Royal Air Force, we had women, a lot of women, and it was great. I loved it. So I do try and drive women into aviation. I try, try and drive women full stop because um, I've got nieces I've got to drive soon. I've got, um, as they grow up, and I want them to have the same opportunities that my nephew has. So yeah, throw spears at me, whatever. I couldn't, I couldn't care less, genuinely. I don't say that lightly, guys. Um, so if you are a woman, though, and you are thinking of getting into aviation, just be careful about who you're surrounding yourself with and be careful what you're telling yourself, okay? In this brain here, okay? You'll better shut yourself down faster than you realize. So um, don't do that to yourself. Give yourself every opportunity. Just give it a, if you want it, just give it a go, yeah? There's enough women out there on Instagram, whatever, in cockpits, taking pictures of themselves, going, look, I'm a woman in, a, in an airline or whatever. Follow those people, be inspired by them. Don't listen to negativity, including your own negativity, okay? Because you're a dick. Don't listen to that brain. 
put your stake out there somewhere. On this day, I am going to apply for this job. Work back from it. What do I need to do to apply for that job? Hmm, I need to be informed. I might need to be quite fit. I might have to pass some fitness tests. Uh, medically, I must have to be right. So start a medical. Am I, do I meet the medical criteria? If you don't, don't waste your energy trying to change stuff. Go off and do something else, okay? Suck it up, suck it up, do the work. Uh, and then what do you need to do to get there? What exams do you need? What do you need to hit? Um, do you need any flying experience? Uh, do you need to be watching films like this one here? What do you need to do? How are you gonna keep yourself motivated to, to do the work you need to do to get yourself in that cockpit? What is it? What channels are you gonna follow? Who are you gonna be inspired by? Um, who are you gonna ask questions on? Who are you gonna write emails to? Who are you gonna tweet at? Not me, don't tweet at me, but send me something on Facebook, uh, by all means, or Tim at fastitperformance.com on an email, all right? But be animated, okay? Because it's, it's a competition. And you're, you live in great times right now because a lot of people don't like competing. It is a competition. Everything is. Life is. Life is about suffering and it's about competition. Uh, it's, it's a hierarchical structure and not everyone can be a pilot. They're just not everyone can. But you can if you square yourself away and you sort yourself out and you put the work in, okay? It's not a huge amount of work, but you've got to do it. You've got to do it. You've got to be focused. Um, else you won't get it and someone else will. And you'll be 35 going, oh, I wish I'd applied. And I'm like, yeah, like I told you to. So here, that's the thing. Hopefully you've seen through this video, you've seen pictures of Kirsty and Jules and, and I think um, some other people, I don't know why I should say their names, but I've put some pictures up of women that should be inspiring throughout the video. If you're listening on the podcast, I really appreciate it, guys. This is a, this is a podcast. Primarily, it's just that I put some extra material in for the YouTube um, generation, all right? People like watching this stuff. Guys, if you want to whack stuff in the comments, yeah, sure, I'm going to read them and I'll try and answer as many as possible. Um, Fastit Performance uh, is the website. I've got lots of blogs on there for you to read. So there's reading, there's listening, there's watching, there's all these different things I'm pushing out for you. Find the channels that inspire you, okay? And get the work done. All right, really appreciate it, guys. Tim Davies, Fastit Performance.